Hey guys, it's time to talk about Final Fantasy XIV, and also some YouTube shit. I'm Tim. I'm Mitch. Fuck, I'm Jason. We're demonetized. Oh no. Dude, Jason, I totally remember Jackass. Yeah, Jackass. Where they put cars up their ass. And then ride carts down hills and hurt themselves while dressed as old people. Do you imagine something like that actually showing up on any piece of media nowadays? I mean, I, I think it does in, in independent YouTube stuff, like prank videos, I guess. You know what I'm talking about? Like the like yeah. that Joey Salads guy or whatever. Okay, so it's funny that you uh, bring that up because I was... Uh, my nieces and nephews were just watching the uh, like some stupid prank video that was on TV or whatever. I don't know if it's Joey Salads or I don't know who, I don't know who it was, but it was like three guys. And the pranks that they do are uh, stupid for one, but they're they are nowhere what like Jackass would would do. Like their pranks are uh, they would they have to like uh one of the things they did was they had a a guy go into like a crowded area or whatever and he would like ask to use someone's phone and uh he'd have to have like a stupid reason to use the phone then they would give him a reason and be like oh you have to use your phone because you need to you need to call batman that's your reason and so he has to convince someone to let him use the phone so that he can call batman it's so dumb. Yeah. It's not jackass. Do you think they make money on YouTube? Do you think they're no. do you think they're monetized? I don't know if it is a YouTube channel. Oh, it's I, not. I, they were watching I don't know. I, I they were watching it on the TV, but I don't know what they were watching it on. It it could have been YouTube. Uh it could have just been cable TV. I'm not sure. Yeah. The reason we brought that up is because I was saying how so much stuff is no longer considered monetizable because it's edgy or whatever. And I, you know, I was saying, you know, well, I mean, that's not typically what advertisers do. Because like I brought up Jackass or Beavis and Butthead or Simpsons were edgy back in the day. South Park still continues to be edgy and they throw tons of advertising dollar reduce at that. I guess maybe you could make the argument that they're safer bets because they're more mainstream and they're on a mainstream network. I mean, South Park, I, w I would argue that South Park is less edgy than it used to be. And I bet yeah, but they still push the line. Do. They do. I, I, they do. I agree. But I, I bet it has something to do with like they get they've been getting pressure the entire time. And I feel like I feel like this last season, they're finally like kind of like, no, I'm, we're not going to go too crazy anymore. Yeah. So, but um, several things have come out in the last couple of weeks about how sensitive YouTube's monetization bot is. And the reason why it's a big deal to the people who are creating things, and this is not us, but um, we watch it from afar, um, is because if you're not monetized, like your video is not monetized, then it doesn't get recommended as much. So it's basically buried. And a bunch of commentary YouTube channels and a bunch of gaming YouTube channels and then one major YouTube channel which is Game Theory came out uh, saying how sensitive YouTube bot is is actually hurting itself because it will do things like 
some people have to bleep out words like the word killing or attack. And then now the blot, even if it hears a beep, will just demonetize it just by hearing the beep. It's a little, it's a little it's, sensitive. It's a little interesting that it would demonetize just based off of hearing. Like, I, I don't, I don't get why they would demonetize off of just bleeping out something. Because it's an easy way to find out that someone's swearing, if you but think like, about it. But they bleeped it out. Like, if it was a TV show. Yeah, on like, like the FCC doesn't have as as bad as bad rules as that. Like, if you bleep it out, it's fine. You can put it on TV. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get that. I don't understand. That's YouTube. That's uh, Google YouTube's new new deal. So, um, I I can post it in our Facebook channel, but the Game Theory video, uh, Game Theory has 11 million subscribers. They're a mainstream YouTube channel. They also have a YouTube Red series, so it isn't like some small youtube channel crying this is a this is a major player talking about this um i'll post it in our facebook page if you guys follow us there worth of worth a uh a, a watch for sure but their main argument there though besides the crazy bleeping is that certain video games if you cover them like say so we're a video game we're primarily a video game pocket a uh, focused podcast uh right now we don't do a ton of video we do once in a while like we've done we've, we've uh, shown fault 76 we've shown uh, Jedi Fallen Order, a couple things. Um, based on those rules, uh, the more violent a video game that's shown is, the the lower it's going to get attention. And in the video, MatPat basically argues that now that Google has Google Stadia, they're trying to ar- they're trying to advertise themselves as a video game platform. But then the the platform that they are also saying is going to advertise for them and get publishers and developers organic views is youtube but if your game is mortal kombat 11 or call of duty modern warfare or i guess you could even say the star wars game that's a violent game it's a more it's supposed to be a more darker star wars those are going to get picked up by the bot and they're going to get deranked and by getting deranked it's going to disincentivize people who cover video games to cover the game because they're not going to make any money out of it and then the publishers and developers are not going to get that free advertising that they've been they've been experienced since the youtube boom probably around 2010 what do you think about that it's interesting to me that they um it also affects rankings because at at first when i heard about this i was like oh you know it's i don't think it's that big of deal because ad revenue from ads on your channel when you're monetized unless you're unless you're someone who's getting like a shit ton of views, the ad revenue doesn't really supply that much. Right. Um, and a lot of people have uh, sponsors. Uh, maybe not a lot of people, but I, I think a good, a good chunk of uh, decent sized YouTubers uh, have sponsors to supplement their, their production costs and everything like that. Right. Their monetization. Yep. And if you have a sponsor and you get your YouTube channel gets to monetize, like, okay, well, that monetization is not giving you a whole lot anyway. So you still have the sponsorship to fall back on. But if that's actually also making it so your content's not as recommended, not showing up on people's feeds and uh, and not like being pushed out there for people to watch as well. Then even uh, your sponsor is kind of not going to spend as much money with you because your analytics yeah. are going to be lower. Exactly. And, and the reason, I mean, the algorithm is pretty... I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's like if you're, we're not making money in your video, we're not going to push your video. That's what they think. 
you know yeah i mean that, and that makes sense right like if as a company going to sponsor a video i'm gonna say okay cool you know you're you average 500,000 views per video i'll pay you you know x amount for every 10,000 views and if that video gets demonetized and all of a sudden that video goes down to yeah 10,000 views well well, you know, as a corporate strategy too, think about it this way. I bet you YouTube hates that sponsors go directly to the to the creators. And by demonetizing a, an edgier video that's using an outside sponsor, they're actually disinfent now they're gonna derank the video and disincentivize the sponsor from going directly to cater or the creator and going back to YouTube AdSense as a corporate strategy. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Maybe that's why they're also doing the the deranking part of it too, right? Because I mean, it makes on the one hand, it makes sense to demonetize um, the video for things that YouTube's ad partners aren't going to be, you know, happy with if it's going to be on that video. Like, okay, cool, we'll take the ads off, blah blah blah. But the second part of that, the deranking part of that, could absolutely be, uh, you know, a jab back at the at the Squarespaces and Skillshares of the world that are, you know going around YouTube's ad policies and and just sponsoring people behind their back and maybe maybe it's a turn for when advertisers start coming back to YouTube then YouTube will be a little bit more lenient now what but do you think I don't know I don't know well what do you what do you think about the other side though so like you know we make Tim Mitch and and Jason combat and it's super you know it's it's a violent game but it's no more violent than doom and because it's ultra violence, it gets flagged in the algorithm as as something that's not going to be monetized. So now, uh, us as a game studio, we're not getting the exposure we would get normally, just from people gaming. So all we have are like streamers and stuff. So now we're going to be more incentivized to to go away from YouTube as a gaming platform and go to Twitch. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to know how many people find games on YouTube versus find games on on uh, Twitch. So I it, think it's it, a little bit easier on Twitch yeah. unless you have like I don't if as a game studio pushing a new game onto YouTube, um, I feel like the only way that that's necessarily going to work is if you're pushing it towards people and to to play your video game right like send out a bunch of demo copies or whatever they make content and then you're you're then getting advertisement to their followers whereas on twitch if you have you know one person that is decently big playing your video game then that gets the ranking up which then shows up on the browse screen uh because it's all twitch filters by an amount of viewers right so i think I would think that Twitch would be a better uh, platform to advertise on anyway. So that video, though, uh, he did some analytics work, and apparently YouTube dwarfs Twitch in terms of just video game viewership and in terms of what people are looking for. And I I, I think the reason for that is, is because uh, let's say I'm playing a video game and I want to look up a specific quest. I'm stuck. I'm not going to go to Twitch for that. I'm going to go to YouTube. Right. Well, and yeah. I think that kind of statistic is kind of it is going to be skewed, right? Because yeah. if I want to watch Minecraft, I mean, I could go to it. I could go to Twitch and watch a Minecraft, someone streaming Minecraft, or 
I know I really like the Let's Play guys from Rooster Teeth, and I know that they have a very popular, very long-running Minecraft series. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go watch one of their Minecraft videos because I'm going to enjoy it a lot more than that. And that's and that's just general watching. That's not the hey, how do we? Here's how you do this, and here's how you do that, and all the little tutorials that people make and and whatnot. Yeah. Well, because this affects a lot of like if this is a thing, though, and let's it, this affects a lot of games that we like. This will affects this affects a Rainbow Six Siege. This affects a Division Two. Um, any game that has violence in it, basically. Uh, and so the argument on the video that I, well, I'm going to post everybody read is that the only games that are rising to the top now is Minecraft still and Fortnite because Fortnite is super kitty, basically. Yeah, and that's even that one is it's kitty, but it's still violent. But it, there's no blood. So I guess where that and that's kind of the interesting part, right? Like, okay, so where is this arbitrary line being drawn in in what's considered a violent game that is worth demonetizing? Is it it's because like, two games shoot people, but one game has blood and one game doesn't? <laughs> right. Because I would like I would categorize that more as ultra violence, right? Right. Fortnite could probably in his defense go, oh no, we're cartoon violence because we're a cartoon video game. Um, WoW used to make that argument back in the day when uh, World of Warcraft made that argument back in the day when some senators and whatever were going after it back when it first got started doing its boom. Well, no, we're cartoon violence. Okay. (laughs) What were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say that's a weird like regardless of what category of violence when they're, if you're talking about like what's considered ultra violence. I mean, I guess Mortal Kombat's on its own. It's on its entirety on other level, right? And then Doom. You're like, right, and Doom is and everything because those are, I would agree that those are like ultra violent, right? Like it's different than just shooting someone. You're shooting someone or you're like punching someone in Mortal Kombat then you're ripping their spine out. Okay, that's different. But if you're comparing like Fortnite, right, to PUBG, for example, because uh, those are basically the same game. In the sense that they're both battle royales, they're both shooters, they both have guns, et cetera, et cetera. But I think PUBG has blood. Yes, it does. Um, whereas Fortnite does it. And so are you gonna categorize blood as being ultra violent? I would say that the violence in those two games is exactly the same. What you're categorizing there is the amount of gore. So they could probably they're probably using the ERCB ESRB rating. So having blood in your video game will bring your your rating up. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. I don't like it. I don't I know, man. What, seems like what YouTube is going to end up doing is just positioning YouTube as a place more for kids. Because, like, like it makes sense if your if your game is and your media is directly uh, is directly like geared towards children playing it. Then, I mean, I I there's an there's an argument to be made for saying like well we should try to restrict wh- what levels of violence are being are available easily to kids but if you're just if you're just saying if youtube is is an open platform for people to share ideas then that argument falls apart so it kind of goes into what 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 youtube is supposed to be it sounds like they want it to be a place for kids to view stuff so the other point in that video though is that google is shooting themselves in the foot by with video games specifically by also introducing stadia 
where they want to they want to push video games and the best way to do that is the is to push on its already existing creator base to push all types of video games on stadia or stadia or how the hell you fucking pronounce it and the youtube side of things people will be disincentivized to promote the the rougher games because they're going to get they're not going to make any money off of it but and so then that's going to shoot google in the, sh- in, in, the, in the in the face because no one's going to go buy the stadia video because you're supposed to be able to um, I think Mitch told me this, or tell me if I'm wrong. You're supposed to be able to see a video on YouTube, and once Stadia is running, you should be able to go right there and buy it from being watching the video on YouTube. Isn't that right? Oh, I have like no it's going to tell you, isn't it? I could have swore it's what's one of the features. Like, do I mean, you like this game? Sense. Buy it on Stadia. I I can definitely see them doing that. I didn't know that was a thing, though. Yeah, I could have swore it was you or someone else who told me that. But let's say let's say hypothetically that's a thing. And Mortal Kombat 11 is getting downranked to fucking hell. And then it's not selling well in Air Stadia because the I don't know. You get where I'm going with that? I'm not really explaining it very well, but. Yeah, well, it just sounds like, you know, the people who make Stadia, other, other than being part of the same parent company, the people who are making and developing Stadia are not going to be the same people who are doing this moderation on YouTube. Yeah. So. Like, it's just another example, like Google's done this a lot where they essentially have two competing priorities and like, it's almost like it's just two different companies like fighting each other. It's kind of yeah. crazy sometimes. Like they have it. How many messaging apps do they have? Oh my like, God. I think they've had like five and they're yeah. making another one. It's like insane. Yeah. So but- it wouldn't surprise me if one side of Google is just like straight up doing things that are making the uh, making another thing not work very well makes <laughs> it's kind of their gig man so but isn't the real problem here not with youtube but with the advertisers i mean like part of it is how youtube handles it right and and like the down ranking and everything because at the end of the day google wants to play ads because that's how google makes money but the ultimate issue is that advertisers are not wanting their ads to display on the that type of content, which I could understand for like, you know, ultra violent, like real IRL content. Um, but for, you know, for video games, I feel like there's an issue with advertisers just kind of pulling the plug a little bit too early and not wanting to put their content on things that they do on TV too. Well, yeah, it's funny. I posted this a long time ago. There's a bit of a corporate conspiracy going on here with the, the advertisers and advertisers have zero, like I said earlier in the program, advertisers have zero problems. Most, some of them on edgier stuff on mainstream television. Some of what these advertisers were doing is they were campaigning Google to get lower CPMs. It didn't really matter about what the content was on. It's just that that was used as a driving force to get Google to freak out a bit, to get lower CPNs. So what happens is, is when you take away a bunch of channels ability to monetize, then the CPM cost to buy in once, once everything's on a smaller pool is cheaper on the advertiser. And that was, there's a business insider article talking all about it. So it isn't just like, Oh, we don't want our stuff and, and edgy shit. Cause they do it all the fucking time. You know, product placements in the big rated R movies. A multiple company is doing that. 
there's, there's been several articles and reputable sources, Wall Street Journal, Business Insider, Bloomberg that talked about this. Absolutely. So again, the problem is with the advertisers, not with Google. Yeah, well, I was just I was just saying it is the advertisers, but it isn't because they're trying to be moral arbiters. I'm trying just to remove that part out of it. Okay, okay, fair. They're trying to they're trying to get lower CPMs, and they were using that as a vehicle. But as those three articles from those three reputable sources, they point out these companies have zero problems putting product placements in rated R movies, putting uh, advertisements on things like South Park and The Simpsons or late night. Um, uh, you know, late night shows like that swear and stuff like that. So it, it's a thing. It's they're just they were they were they were basically gaslighting the company to get lower CPMs, and it's working. So is he, that. It, like if that's actually the case, it seems like seems weird that Google would be allowing that to happen. I don't. I think Google is in like a rock and a hard a rock place. Rock a hard place. Yeah, because yeah. they're like, well, if we stand up for people who are cussing, it's like. We want kids to hear cussing. Let's, no one wants to be that guy, right? Yeah. We're, we're almost to the cyberpunk future because the corporations are warring with each other. It's a thing. Yeah. Not that be far a, off, man. What class are you going to be at? You know, I'm, hardened, I'm a hardened guy from Flint. I'm going to be a street samurai. What are you going to do? What are you going to be? What's your, what's your class? In cyberpunk future. You don't know cyberpunk, do you? Is there is there a class where I Sorry. don't participate in the cyberpunk future and just so like stay at Tim, home and close my Tim, doors? You're a net runner. You're going to be a net runner. So what you Perfect. do is you hack into organizations and you steal private information and sell it to competing corporations. Perfect. I'll do that. What are you going to be, Mitch? Uh, uh, techie, probably. <laughs> None of you has, none of you have played any of the cyberpunk pen and paper games like Shadowrun or Cyberpunk 2020? <laughs> nope. Well, Techie is a a class. Yeah, I know. I googled it. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I found the three classes in Cyberpunk 2077 are Netrunner, Techie and Solo and uh Techie, you know, actually no, Solo sounds better. I'm a I'm a mercenary. Yeah, so me and me and Mitchell be in the streets while Tim is a Netrunner. Yeah, there we we're go. Almost, we're almost there. The corporation war will happen soon. So Tim finally is in the big the big leagues on his first MMO. I beat the game, guys. So far. I did it. No, I beat the game. I played, I just recently played through the main story quests all the way up to Stormblood. Uh, of Final Fantasy XIV, which probably Final that. Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I beat the game. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, kind of sad. There's no game left anymore, and uh, I'm sure I'll never have any more content to play ever. Uh, wait. This is an MMO, right? So there's always yeah. something for me to do. There's an expansion pack coming out in, <laughs> in, in yeah. less than four days. So it's kind of it's kind of an intri- It's a interesting experience in this MMO. Um, so as a aside, before I start talking about it, like I have not played WoW. I'm not really an MMO player at all. And so I kind of went into Final Fantasy 14 just, just off of like 
I've played other Final Fantasy games. So the story things in Heaven, uh, Realm Reborn, Heaven Sword, and Stormblood, and all that, and all that stuff related to just like Final Fantasy tropes, I was very familiar with, and it was kind of like, oh wow, that's cool. This is all the cool stuff and all the glamours you get to do, like that was all. Uh, that was all pretty cool, but all, all the things that are like MMO tropes, I was to- was totally foreign to me. So I would I would say. For me, it was it was definitely a learning curve and leveling my character up through all the main story content was definitely worth it to get my to get my feet into the genre. Uh, This game has some this game has some powerful stories. I liked it. I I enjoyed the all three stories. I would say I'm still mixed feelings on whether I liked Heaven Sword or Stormblood better because I definitely liked I definitely liked both of them a lot, but they're very th- they're very entertaining. I think Heaven Sword's storyline and raid is much better. Um, I I did raid Alexander back in the day, but um, Stormblood really kicked up its boss presentation like hardcore. Um, the reason why I say the raid is better is that the the for the the Delta Escape raid they de- they decided to do and I'm not gonna say this isn't actually a bad thing. Sometimes um, I hate trash and 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 end game dungeons and they just remove the trash completely. You just go you just bounce from boss to boss to boss. And honestly, I kind of like that. But sometimes I I miss that old you know you're you're traversing a dungeon and you got stuff in between. So there's plus uh, pros and cons. I think they're bringing that back in the next raid for the next expansion pack. But um the uh the raid storyline and the tier uh it, it was harkens back to older Final Fantasy games like the first Delta Escape um raid tier was all bosses from Final Fantasy 5 and then the next one was all bosses from Final Fantasy 6 and so on. Um, the last one, um, Omega Escape, was just like the main boss, Omega, and, and a couple other ones. So, but uh, they weren't they weren't bad. But I feel like Heaven's Sword did better in the rating department. They had better primals too. Um, but uh, but the presentation, like the Alliance raid that I just did, I finished up today before this because I knew we were going to review this. Uh, the Alliance raids in Final Fantasy fourteen are the twenty four man or twenty five man or I don't, I don't know exactly um, dungeons that are used to do catch up gear. So like it's it's reversed in this game. So like in World of Warcraft, like uh, all the all of the raids are like twenty five man, and then it scales. Is that right, Mitch? How does that work? Like if it was only fourteen of us, like the raid would scale to fourteen of us. Is that right? Yeah, it starts at you have to have at least ten, and yeah. then once you have ten, it goes up and down. Yeah, Final Fantasy doesn't do that. So the twenty five the twenty four man raids are basically where you get a separate like storyline. And it's a good way to get catch-up gear um, based on whatever uh, raid tier is out. And then the 12-man raids are the real raiding in the game. They're smaller, but I feel like they're more tightly done because of that. So, like, some of my favorite raids in World of Warcraft were not the large 40-man or 25-man raids. It's the 10-man raids. Those are my favorite ones. And Final Fantasy fits me very well because I prefer the smaller groups. So, yeah. So, Heaven's Sword, I think, had a better raid tier. Stormblood had a better presentation on the uh, raid tier, and um, 
the class changes they made for Dark Knight, which is my main class, was good. And the new ones coming out for Shadowbringers is just as good. So I'm excited for that. But uh, what was you, what do you what was your experience in the gameplay part of it though? Since you're new to MMOs, like what do you what do you think about it? Well, so like the the thing that I've liked the most about the gameplay. So I I I rolled Dragoon is my main job, and uh, like it feel because everything is kind of like all about timing and positioning and uh, about making sure you're doing your combos in the correct order and weaving in different abilities. It feels kind of like a dance, which I find, I find pretty cool. Like all the, all the battles, all the battles are pretty rewarding. Cause you're sitting here trying to, I'm sitting here trying to focus on, Oh, am I doing all this stuff correctly? Oh, I screwed that up. And it's like, it's kind of like trying to like, uh, get proficient at a skill, which is pretty cool. Uh, definitely different from definitely honestly it totally totally different from other games that i've ever played never really had that kind of experience yeah um mitch has been struggling with the game though what what do you what do you got mitch uh well so i've been struggling with it because i am i just got to level 61 i think uh, and I'm feeling, finishing up the Dragon Song uh, quests. So after Heaven Sword, the patch content, uh, I think I'm on like the very last one right now. And for all of, I played uh, a Realm Reborn, enjoyed the storyline. It was fun. Put a decent amount of time into it. Uh, Heaven Sword came along, and I'm like, and it this was maybe. I don't know, just a few weeks ago, uh, I'm like, okay, I want to pick it back up because the new pat, the new expansion is coming out. And so I'm like, I just need to get to the end. I don't really care about what's going on right now. I can go back and watch, rewatch cutscenes later if I want or read a, you know, a synopsis of, of the, the content to kind of figure out what's going on in the story. I just want to get to the end game so I can play the new expansion when it comes out. And, uh, so I've gone through all of Heaven Sword now, uh, having skipped, all cutscenes and only doing the main scenario quest and it is the most boring way to play this game uh all you do is run around from dialogue to dialogue to dialogue to cutscene um with you know a a dungeon here or there or uh a primal here or there and though those are like nice breaks um kind of like <laughs> there it's at one half of me is like, oh, okay, cool. I, I get to do a dungeon now. Uh, this, is, this is a good break from just skipping cutscenes while I have something on in the background that I'm actually paying attention to. And so I can do the dungeon and I have fun in the dungeon and everything. But at the same time, I'm like, I just want to get the story done. And I don't want to have to sit here in a 20 minute DPS queue to get to the next quest because I'm trying to you know, get as far as I can in, in the hour that I have. So that's frustrating, uh, and it, I think it also doesn't lend its way um, to enjoying or playing the game very well because I'm just focused on going from cutscene to dialogue to cutscene, uh, and so I'm not experiencing anything. I'm not experiencing any of the mechanics, any of the side quests, any of the 
the actual gameplay. And so that's kind of frustrating. It's like it's really turning me off on the game all because I just want to get to the the end game, which I think is. um, I don't know, I think it's a mistake on. On Square Enix's part to force story content, like if you want to play story content, uh, then, you know, that option should be there. But if I want to skip it, I should I should be able to just level up and not have to be locked by story content without having to spend 20 bucks on a story content skip. The, on, the only way that they, they'd never be able to do that, do you know why? It's the only way they keep their, their dungeon content still active. Because they incentivize the higher level players to do the roulettes. So like their their content will never ever have that same problem that WoW had where people weren't doing it anymore. You know what I'm talking about? As annoying as it is. Yeah. But I so this is my my thing. I in World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy, I skip all dialogue. I never read it. I just keep going. Um and but the one thing I like about Final Fantasy is that I can go back to my inn and watch them at my own pace. Yeah, so that, I mean I and that's and that's good. I like you know being able to to you know trigger your content whenever you want uh, the cutscenes anyway, right? So you can play the game when you want to play the game, and when you want to get caught up on story, you can get caught up on story. I think that aspect is really really good. I also I also really like how active the the dungeon content is because of the way that they have it that set. But I still feel like you could incentivize players to go through and do old content without needing to um like force story progression because is it, is it really yeah, the story progression that's keeping those old content that those old dungeons full of people like i get for the i could understand for um the the full party dungeons um and the you know the eight mans and the and the really really long ones where they incentivize the um higher level characters a little bit more like you wow could do that too right or i think even you could do it in such a way that it's there the incentive is there for the people that want to do it but it's not they'd have to put in a scaling system like final fantasy has yeah well but even for final fantasy right like the incentive is there so that people queue for it because they get good rewards by by queuing for that content so that the people that want to run it have to run it but it's kind of like a double-edged sword right they had to put the they had to put the rewards there because no one was scaling for them before because there was an issue with you know people sitting there watching the cutscene and all of a sudden everyone else in the raid is at the next level or at the next section and another cutscene was going on right and the only reason that's an issue is because you're talking about the the last scenario quest in Realm of Born yeah yeah so they because they they removed that design in the future patches. Or like the future con, like you well, never run into that again in a dungeon. Yeah, because you can't skip it. Right, but so what they did in all future dungeons, they have a quick intro movie, which is like here's the here's the the thing, and then da da da, and then the cutscene is after the last boss when yeah. everyone leaves. Okay, that's true. So they, I didn't notice they, that in Heaven's did, Sword. Yeah, they that's that's how it goes forward. They'll never do that again. <laughs> yeah, they learned their lesson. So, from that one. but the point is, like, the reason that it was a problem. And the reason that they had to increase the rewards and the reason why you still get increased rewards for queuing for that old content is because they force that old content onto you, which is fine. If you want to play the content, 
then you should be able to go through the content and you should be able to, you know, play the dungeons, get the story, do everything that you want to do, right? And even in this next uh, expansion, they're talking about having an AI team that you could go through and do, so that way you don't have to sit there in a 20-minute DPS queue. Apparently, you can already do that. Did, weren't we talking to someone who said you can do that with older content already? Well, you have to unlock... Um, it's with the, the grand company. You have to unlock the ability to do it. Oh. Oh. See, it's not just a feature of the game. It's not a... Fe- Apparently, in the new expansion, it's just going to be a feature of the... Of the newer of the dungeons. Game. Oh, yeah. okay. So I kind of like it better as a feature of the newer dungeons than having to unlock it. And, like, I I don't know. The way I see it, though, is it shouldn't be... I get that the, the dungeons have, like, a very... They have a lot to do with the story progression, right? So I understand why your progress is locked until you complete a dungeon... But at the same time, it sucks that right. I have until Friday, right? Because I'm late to the game to to finish off Stormblood, and there's no way I'm going to do it. That's because you were playing Classic WoW. I was playing Classic WoW. Oh, and then you know what? <laughs> I even I even resubbed up to normal WoW because patch 8.2 drops on the 25th. You'll be alone on that one. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and you know what though? I was I logged in on uh I I had logged in over the weekend. I was playing some PvP. I was, you know, catching up on some of the 8.1.5 things that I didn't do because I wasn't subbed for it. And I'm just going around. I'm like, man, I like this game so much better. And it could very well be because I'm not actually playing the, the Final Fantasy game, right? And mm-hmm. and Tim, I don't think that you really played the Final Fantasy game. Like you didn't, you're not skipping the content. You're there for the story, but how how much side questing did you do? Did you do all the quests in a zone, or did you do the main scenario quest? Oh, are you doing side quests? Because I don't do side quests. I leave those for alts, alt classes. Uh, Yeah, I haven't. I've I've skipped every single side quest except the main story stuff. See, so the only thing I went I went back and did after I just completed, I went back and I unlocked I. Had had a friend help me go and unlock all the stuff to get all the different roulettes unlocked. And then now I'm going to go back and if there's some stuff that I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I'll start doing that. The only side quest I do, Mitch, is the one that are blue because those are unlocks. So I'm not saying that I'm doing side quests. I'm saying that I'm missing out on side quests. And I would I would argue also that Tim is missing out on the game because his playthrough right now is only main story quest. As well, well, so yeah. the the side quests are trash and they're, they're trash for, for reasons. They're only there to level up other jobs. Yeah. But so, but here's, here's the problem. Then, I mean, right. If and the if, side quests in a wow are trash too. Well, okay. So <laughs> they're all trash, but here, bro. But no, but here's my problem then, then, then I really don't like final fantasy as a, as an MMO because the game is not a game. The game is a movie and I need to level up in order to get to the next movie. Whereas if you're at least going through and you're doing the side quest, like, okay, the, the quest content it sh- itself can be shit, but at least it takes you out into the world and fighting things and using your abilities and everything like that. Like if the, if you're going through the content and the only time you ever get to use your abilities is when you go into a dungeon or when you have to kill like the two quests. That so things, here you and I, have, I've, I've, I've sped run two different characters. This is I'm going to, I'm going to argue here with you a little bit. 
only new in the main scenario quests. I agree with you on the on the cinematics, but you can skip them. But um, hang on, something my computer. Did, okay, I might get kicked off. I don't know. No, you're good. <laughs> um, no, something happened to my computer. It's weird. Everything's like stuff's like popping up. Like my computer rebooted. Eh, whatever. Fun podcast shit. <laughs> I've sped run two characters. The main scenario quest still makes you run through shit and you still fight things. I do it all. I did it all the time in Heaven Sword, for example. But barely. The main. Barely? I don't See, think so. How far are you into the Dragon Song War? I'm almost like, done. What? I am like, I have two or three quests left. Because there's there's the dungeons, and then there's also when do you remember Jason? Like, there's a there's some point where that you start running into the duties a lot mm-hmm. more. Yep. That, like, and those are single player experiences, but you end up using there's single player experience like, with dungeon mechanics in them. Yeah, yeah. You end up playing yeah. the game a lot more. So, I, I don't know. Maybe my view is just skewed because when I because you're salty. Well, no, <laughs> oh, I am salty, but at the same time, it's like when I want to play the when I want to play a game, I don't want ninety percent video, ten percent mechanics, and that's what it is. When you're playing, well, that's, the, so that's what I'm. That's what I'm. I'm because my view is no different than World of Warcraft. Me hitting accept on a quest in World of Warcraft, and me is literally skipping the dialogue of the world of Warcraft and me hitting escape and hitting yes is the exact same thing in Final Fantasy. Yeah. But that's, it, that's how I view that. But it's different because when you're, when you're going through and you're doing the quest in world of Warcraft, right? You're not just doing one quest. You sure you're not reading it or you're not, you know, you're skipping the story content, which I, I do in world of Warcraft as well, but I'm, I feel like I'm exploring the world more. I don't think that's true at all. Because even with the main scenario quest, it has you go all over the map. Yeah, you have to, especially like if you if you don't do a boost. Yeah, but you're going. You have to go. You go to the. You go to a zone. You run to a side of the zone. You go into a story. You go into a scenario. So, so do you I didn't not do see anything. the teleport crystals? Do you not see the teleport crystals? Do you not run to the town and get those? Because I, I, I do. I I have every single teleport even, crystal. Right. So so you've explored the world. Kind of. I don't. I don't consider me running to a a a, a city, grabbing a crystal. And then porting out to go to the next quest, exploring the world. You're not intaking the world. You're you're beelining it to one area, or you're beelining it to your quest. You view. The I also scene. do that in World of Warcraft. I beeline it to everything. Yeah, but you and in the quest, the, the quests, quests are, are so, forced upon but me. But the quests are so spread out that you're actually game. seeing everything. There, but then the I like for example, my last one twenty. I didn't even finish all the quests. I think the before most, I got to one twenty. I think the most fun that I had in heaven sword was when i got to 60 and i went around all the zones collecting the aether currents i think that was i mean that's part of the gameplay that was more fun but it's not part of the main scenario quest and that's my problem right do you consider that part fun that part was more fun to me because this was okay cool like where do i need to find this like oh i need to it it's you know i gotta look for these certain things well you so you 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 do know you have to do you didn't completely unlock those because there's these blue quests you have to do to unlock all the flows. Yeah, I did all that. Yeah, those are the side quests you should be doing. The other ones that you get mad about, which I don't get, are literally trash quests. I'm not just saying, like, wow. I'm not saying I'd that I'm really ridiculous. I'm saying that yeah. when, when you are in an area and you were given 20 quests to do, right, it takes you time to do all 20 of those quests. And that time forces you to be in that area and explore the area and 
get a little bit more about what's going on in that in that world than having to go to that same area and only have to do one main story and three side quests. Three blue quests. See, I don't I don't I get what you're saying. I, I don't look at an MMO like a Skyrim. I never have. To me, it's like get get to the end game. Do you read the optional story, maybe, and that's that's how MMO has been. Except the sandbox MMOs, not the theme park ones, like WoW or FF14. I could give a shit less about what the world looks like. See, I thought it, I thought it, I thought it's really interesting. Like we're just kind of coming from it from a different perspective. Because Mitch, you're like, wow, like getting all those aether currents was like rewarding because you're exploring around the world. Like I found it like such a chore. It's so frustrating that I'm like sitting here. It's like, I just want my, I also want my stupid fat chocobo to fly. Well, it's even worse. It's even worse than World of Warcraft to get flying. And one that's, if you would hate, you would hate that. That's why I like, (laughs) I think that's why I like World of Warcraft. And that's why I think I'm really excited for classic, right? Because everything that I just said about how I like to quest is what classic is. You can't just go through and do one quest. You can't. To me, to me, the draw class, I think and you and I are going to disagree with this. I think WoW's quest design, even Final Fantasy XIV's, the theme park MMO's quest design is trash. It's been trash since the beginning, since EverQuest. It's all trash. Um, I'm only there for the hard mechanics. That's what, that's what draws me about Classic. So, my only, my only counter argument to that is that I don't like the mechanic of because uh, this is another thing that I ran into when I was going through the Heaven Sword content, right? Is that I had to I go through, I do the quests, I do the few blue quests, the side quests or whatever. And then eventually I got to a part. It took me a while, probably like fifty seven or fifty six. Uh I got to a point where I was blocked and I can't do the next quest because I need a level. And then I hop into roulette. See I never ran into that. Ever. I mean, don't get me wrong. I only had to do a, a couple of roulettes, and I would, and then I would get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually chose to do the long ones, the because they rewarded more, and it was more time that I wasn't skipping cutscenes, and I enjoyed it. So I I ran the, um, God, I don't remember the name, the crematorium. That's not the name, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. That, whatever that one's Praetorian. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, I ran that one like three or four times, I want to say. You're not upset about that one because that one's like completely unskippable cutscenes. <laughs> so the difference is uh, I didn't pay attention to the cutscenes, right? I had a movie going on in the background and the the amount of um, like playable time outweighs the cutscenes in that. So... That thing you just did right there is one of my biggest issues with current World of Warcraft. It's so mindless that people have started doing other things in the background. For some reason, I and I've done. I'm I'm not saying I'm not. I say, let me say this. I've done this too in current World of Warcraft. So I'm not speaking from a high horse. But for something about for some reason about Final Fantasy 14's content, I don't do that. I don't have a side video going. I don't have my own music going or a movie. I'm in the game for some reason. Something about it changed for me. Whereas I'm wow when I was playing BFA and I wasn't in TeamSpeak with some people or if I was running like rando shit, I had like Netflix or something on. You know what I'm saying? See, and that's interesting because it's the complete opposite for me. In in, in World of Warcraft, I'm actually more paying attention. I think 
yeah, I think the thing is, is so it was World of Warcraft your first MMO? No, EverQuest was. What was okay? My first MMO was a sandbox MMO. It didn't have the 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 theme park, whatever. So all theme park MMOs deep down for me are shit. But I play them because they're that's what we have. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So the reason why I don't have the issue that you have with FF14, because to me, all theme park MMOs have those things. So what do I do? I, I hack them to get to where I need to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I get, I get your frustrations, but to me, like that's my frustration for every MMO. That's a theme park, like a world of Warcraft or a star Wars fucking Repu old Republic FF14, even ESO. Like ESO to me is more of a story based game too. After watching tons of people play it, because I was I was thinking about going to play that too, but nah. See, ESO did uh, something that I really like, and that if you go through and you were to pick it up and you were to play it right now, and because it is free to play, um, I don't know if you, I think you'd have to buy the most recent recent expansion elsewhere. But don't you have to subscribe to get the expansion pack? I don't know. I haven't looked at their their pricing models in a, in a long time. But the the point I'm getting at is that they have a mechanic to where if you were to buy their newest expansion and start a game right right now, you would start in the newest content. And I think that is great for getting people into the game, especially people that haven't been there since day one or. You know, haven't want to go, haven't put in all that time or anything like that. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, WoW sells you the level boost or it comes with the level boost when you buy an expansion is because when you, when the game comes out, when, when Final Fantasy um, releases its new expansion, I get hyped on the new expansion. What turns me off is being like, okay, cool. Well, here's the expansion. Oh, but you also have 150 hours of gameplay that you have to play before you actually get to this content. So have fun with that. And that kind of bugs me, right? Like, and not because the content's bad or not because I don't even want to go, go and do the content. Like I, I wouldn't mind going through and actually doing the content and watching the stories. And I fully plan on going through and rewatching all the cinematics that I skip because I, I want to see the story. But right now, I really want to get to the point where I can play the new expansion. You know what I think you weren't doing that I was doing? Mm -hmm. You're not wearing your 30% EXP earring, are you? Yes, I am. Oh, you are? Okay, well, then I don't know. I don't know, because I, I fucking pwned that shit. <laughs> but let's be honest, I do that with every game. Right. Like, I find a way to break it. So, I don't know, man. Like, I just want... That's what I want. You get what I want. Well, maybe the next expansion they'll just do they'll just do potions. Maybe they'll have to. It'll be too long, right? They'll give everybody a, a level up slash a story potion if you want to. Because you know, you guys are probably you know cool with uh, with going through and doing the story and everything like that. But I fully uh, planned. We'll see whenever it happens. By the time I ever get through um, Stormblood or whatever expansion I'm on right now, but. I plan on playing Final Fantasy the same way I play WoW, and that's going through the content and going through all the different classes and or quests, and you know I'll do the shit ones that no one wants to do. I don't care. That's what I like to do. I 
I, I do them on other classes. Well, yeah. So it makes them easier to level up. Um, no, but Would I you think like I, this because the, the Shadowbringers expansion is level syncing all of the Shadowbringers side quests. So you can do them on a on an alt regardless as long as that alt is 70 or above. Also, New Game Plus. So for people who wants to want to redo specific content, they can. See, that that's Instead cool. Of creating a new oh, really? character. Yeah. That's See, that's even better. Like why there why go, can't Mitch. I get to You can play, oh. you can do it again. See, okay. <laughs> But that, that's a good point, right? Like, if I could just go through, if I could get to level 70 right now, skip all the storyline, and then uh, play the new expansion when it comes out, and then play Stormblood as, as a new game plus, that would be great. Because then I could get through the content, and then when there's, like, lull times between between patches or when there's not a whole lot going through... Then I can go back and relive that other story and, and see what I missed. That is a way better way to do it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sell them a bunch of jump potions. Ugh. See, and that's kind of shitty, it- right? Like, if that's the reason that they are, they're keeping it that way is because they want to sell, sell potions, that, that's shit. I mean, that's the same, that's the same criticism that was levied at WoW too. But there's yeah. never any proof that's what they're doing, right? But see, WoW doesn't see, I think like ultimately lock you in story, the, though. I think ultimately their philosophy. I don't know. I mean, the selling selling the potions to level up and skip the story is probably like a nice benefit that they have. But like, I kind I kind of feel like the reason that they're the reason that they set up the game this way is just like they just want you to play the game. They want you to play the main story quest. So you know? Yoshi and P, like, the the producer, is, that's exactly his philosophy: is that he knows that Final Fantasy fourteen is the casual theme park MMO, and it it attracts a certain type of person, and so that's why they don't make the the game require your attention as much. So he they like they don't give it they they don't that's why they don't have a Titan forging system or anything like that. They they don't want people to get burnt out on the game. They've actually said this in interviews. Is that what your was that what your point was? I mean, partly partly that and just like just the idea of like as a if I'm a brand new player to the game, like the experience that they're trying to give give me as a new player is start at the beginning and just play the game mm-hmm. from the beginning rather than rather than be like, okay, like the the end game is the game, therefore I just skip all this other stuff that's all this stuff that could be could be in the game. Um I don't know. It's 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 sort of it's definitely sort of interesting. Like the like the whole like roulette system that's allowing like players who are higher levels to help other players. Like every single time I I I uh queue for a roulette, I'm with like at least to sometimes three people that have never played have never run that dungeon and it's like dungeons that are like level 30 dungeons we're talking a realm reborn content Mm -hmm. so there's like players right now who are like brand new players to the game playing through that content sort of interesting like all that stuff is all i i don't recommend this game to hardcore wow people but i do recommend this game to people like my friend who is wanting to get an mmo but's never really latched into it 
and they've been playing it and, and to them they love it because they can get on a couple hours a day go and they're going through it for the storyline but they're also learning mmo mechanics during those breaks so that's my point though it's like it's not good like you're not going to see asmongold play this game right because it's not that type right. of game but like like i said their their philosophy is not going for the hardcore wow player they never will it is it is literally wow light and it will always be wow light so that's one thing people need to consider if they're like a wow effort or a wow refugee and they don't like the current wow patch still which um i kind of think i'm on bellular's side there he doesn't think that this patch is going to hold people because the some of the core issues were addressed but the ones that people have the most problems with is the class design and that has is not going to be fixed on next expansion what do you think about that mitch oh i i, I think you're right about that and i think that um I don't know about it not holding people like I think you can you can have an issue with class design and still have good content within the game to to tie you over. Um, yeah. So I think as long. But if you're that if you're if you're fine with that, then you're not going to like Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying as like a hardcore oh, wall player, like yeah. if that's that's the aesthetic that you're in. Well, you, that's my you point. Like, if you're a WoW refugee, and you, you just have to understand what you're getting into. You have to understand that it's not WoW, which is fine, and it doesn't need to be WoW. And it and and you know, there's Final Fantasy 14 has had it's a huge uptick in subscribers because of the mass WoW exodus that's been going on right now. And and so has ESO, yeah. <laughs> and and that's fine, and that's good, and that's why you know, Tim, to your point, that's why you're seeing so many people doing these lower level dungeons right now. Which is fine, and if you are somebody that wants to go through and pick up this game, like understand that you're picking up the game more for the story than you are for the, um, than for the the necessarily the gameplay. Even though the gameplay is a is a hell of a lot of fun, and it, when you it's get there, it, there is an end game. Yeah. There is an end game, and it's it's a fun end game. I like it. It just sucks for the people that are picking it up, you know, for. For the people that are picking it up because they're exiting other games and, and they have a friend probably that's like, oh, we'll check out Final Fantasy 14. Like, you should come play with this. I, I really like this game. You know, blah, blah, blah. It's a little bit more laid back, blah, blah, blah. And then there's this entire time sink before you get to play with your friends. And that's where I think the problem is. If you're picking up the game See, because like, you want to, if you, if you found the game by yourself and you want to experience the game, then it's, then it's good. Uh, the, their their decision to make you go through all the content right because then you understand it so i guess i guess like my maybe maybe i'm missing it because i just now completed the main story quest like i feel like i've been able to play with my friends the entire time because every time i hit a dungeon i'm like hey whatever friend yeah. let's i let's i go tank, and play I, this dungeon I, I tanked a tons of those uh, dungeons for you and i still and i got tombstones for it for my my level 70 well, you, you can right. play with so, your friends right now that are already max level i'm talking about when the expansion comes out and you guys are all yeah, playing he can't do I the end game content with us not even just the end game content i'm not even gonna be able to do any of the leveling up dungeons or trials or primals or whatever that you guys are doing right you guys are going to get to through the storyline and be like okay cool hey i got to this part let's do this dungeon tonight and i'll be back in stormblood land being like well sorry guys i'm not me tonight and that's yeah, that's where my problem is, right? As a as a person that's being brought into the game from someone else, as when there's a new when there's new content to come coming out, there's such a huge catch up. 
Yeah, I get you. I get the argument. That's I get it, but I can teach you the speed run. <laughs> I'm just gonna give you my login and just like just get me through the content this week. <laughs> yeah, there's a really good way to speed run. You just you you run do the main scenario quest. You do every fate you see. Um, Stormblood's main scenario quest, for example, have a lot of kill quests. Remember that, Tim? Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of combat. Um Kill the thing. Kill the three things. Yep. Mm-hmm. I definitely was skipping and, fates because when you're running older content, uh there's no one to do the fates with you. It's different yeah, as that, a, it's different as a tank. It's so much easier to do those by yourself. I can see yeah, that. You can't do fates as a DPS nope. alone. That, get, get Most of your, them you can't anyway. Get you and your chocobo out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but in the yeah, in the Heaven Sword stuff, they should probably nerf some of those fates, probably. That would probably be a good way around that. They might do that. And then maybe keep the ones like Cancer and some of the stuff that give like toys and, and items, make those make those ones the same, but like the other trash ones make them trash. But, uh, yeah, but even talking about what you're like, you can p- still play with your. I don't know because like it's like you can play with your your friends, because if your friends are different level, they can just come back and be like, oh, you're on this dungeon. Let's help you with the dungeon that you're on. You know. Yeah, but that that's not like, the point of bringing someone into a game when the game's coming out with new content. Mitch would be happier if they had a level potion. Yeah. Like WoW does. I mean, the, or well, not, they do. a, a story potion, and they do. It doesn't. It doesn't come with the game, though. It doesn't. No, you get to pay for it separately. You know, I and mean, twenty five dollars for that seems like highway robbery. I it's cheaper than it's cheaper than, than sixty bucks. I WoW is sixty dollars. I wouldn't mind if they just like I don't I don't necessarily need them to, you know, put in the put in a, a story progression level or whatever potion thing for me like that's fine I'm 100% willing to go through an experience I just don't want if I want to spend the time and just level up and get myself to 70 so that I can play the new expansion content or the new content and then go back and do the old stuff that's what I want I just want the option I just want the option of being able to do the content that I want to do yeah like you'd prefer if you could buy the new expansion and just play the storyline of the new expansion and then go back and play the other ones. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't work <laughs> with the way they with the way they write the story, obviously. But yeah, that's sort of interesting. See, it's it's interesting for me because like basically every single game I've ever played, I get the experience that you're that you're having right now, Mitch, which is I come into the game super late, or even if I buy the game the day of, other people. All of my friends are way more hardcore about it and they're way ahead of me. So I'm just like playing catch up the entire time until some new content comes up. And then I'm also then paying catch up to that. So like that's just for me, that's just how you play a game. Yeah, but the difference is you're slow at playing the game, whereas I'm trying to play it fast and I'm being time gated. Right. Now I get it. Time gating, man, it's stupid. Yeah, so if you were to make a new character this this if you were to make a new character based on the prices on the store right now and you got a Realm Reborn 
and Heaven Sword, and this is only for Stormblood. So I'm, I imagine Heaven Sword's um, main scenario progression potion is going to be cheaper because the Realm of Born one is six dollars, and the Heaven Sword one is seventeen. But let's yep. say I wanted to skip all that and go straight to Stormblood, and with a level up potion, it's forty bucks. So it's still cheaper than WoW. Still cheaper than WoW, and that's not bad. Yeah. And so, but and that's it on it sale. Would, I don't think it. W- yeah, but I don't think it would be because it looks like Realm of Born is like permanently like six dollars. But like, depending on if they if they make the Heaven Sword content, well, actually, yeah, if they make the Heaven Sword potion cheaper, and then on top of the Stormblood one, it, it, maybe they want. It, I don't know if they want to keep in that forty dollar range or not, but yeah, that could be more expensive than with a level boost. I don't know. The way I see it is an expansion as a design philosophy, right? An expansion, and this can kind of go for any game, is a good time to get new people into the game. Um, whether yeah. whether it be an MMO or a shooter or whatever kind of game you want to play, right? Like, think of Destiny, right? Forsaken came out, and Forsaken was a good time to get into the game if you had never played before. Um. The problem with this is it's not easy to get into the game. Depending on who you are, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. I'm going to send you some speedrun stuff. Yeah, do it. <laughs> See if I can get myself through. Put yeah. on a few more movies. <laughs> Or we'll just buy you. Buy but you. despite all the our indifferences, I'm super hyped for Shadowbringers. <laughs> well, yeah, man. Like, if, if anything, this should just show you how hyped I am for that stupid expansion that I want to play so fucking bad and I can't yet. I mean, I have until, I have until be, Friday. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, like, my favorite thing about what's going to happen is Mitch is going to spend all this time skipping quests and doing all this stuff. And then Shadowbringers is going to come out and it's going to be like, okay. You gotta get about twenty quests in before you get the first dungeon. Get That's ready. about how it was a Stormblood, <laughs> yeah, actually, which is fine because once the expansion comes out, right, and then I'm not going to be under a crunch, which means I will go back to how I played a Realm Reborn, enjoying the cinematics and enjoying the storyline. So having twenty quests to do before you get to the first dungeon, that's totally cool with me if I'm enjoying it. It's only a problem when I'm trying to go fast and not deal with it. I get you. Yeah, we'll see. I think I think you are going to probably in about a week or so you're going to overtake where I am in the quest line. We'll be having a different experience. Well, he's he's got a he's got two competing things for his attention right now, though. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I have so he's two things to play and a vacation coming up. So, so we'll see. Well, there you go. If I if I come like, back and I'm still ahead of you somehow, then then yeah, you have a problem. <laughs> World of Warcraft dropped that patch on purpose. Yep. Because they're like, shit, yeah. we can't bleed anymore. <laughs> they're like, Mitch, hey Mitch, come back. Hey. They're like, we we're fucking over Todd Howard too. <laughs> so it's interesting. In Mitch, you'll have to tell me what you think. Like. When the new patch for WoW drops, 
we'll have to see the reviews on if people feel like the content is like rushed and buggy and stuff like that because if they drop if they they obviously dropped that to compete with the launch of the Final Fantasy 14 expansion release but like are they did they rush it too much uh they better not have rushed it this is the longest time in between patches that they've ever had but they've also been working on classic too I think it's a, it's a different team that works on classic. Oh, is it? Okay. And classic's basically we'll see. done. So we'll see. Well, what do you think, guys? Did we do it? I'm ready to be the warrior of dankness. So a funny thing that has happened to me as just a little story for the end. Uh, I've watched all I've watched various cinematics for Final Fantasy 14, and I never realized that the Final Fantasy cinematics represent the warrior of light as like they have like a specific person. Yeah, they call like him the poster boy. Character. Yeah, the poster boy. Um, so like I keep watching these cinematics and be like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> it's like, supposed to be you like is that that guy like why does he why is he a dragoon now i don't get it like i was sitting here and i like had i had to like ask a friend look it up like oh that's the warrior of light oh that makes so much more sense they're showing me that this expansion i get to be a samurai oh okay i get it and this expansion i'm gonna be the warrior of darkness oh yeah that it made more sense after i learned that part so yeah. for anybody who's playing as a new as a new player yeah, there you go. Little tidbit. They've been using that guy since uh, 1.0 before Realm Born. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the poster boy. So. It's a warrior light. No, he's dankness now. I already was dank. I was, I've was. i been a dark knight since the beginning. There you go. Now you're double dank. I'm so much dank. Well, so what do you think? What do you agree with? Tim, Jason, or Mitch? Go ahead and comment on it. And- I'm going to get so much Tell hate. Everybody like, how wrong they you are. don't like exploring the world. You're terrible. I'm like, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys don't have to say that. We all know Jason's terrible already. It's, it's true. I am the, I am the best. <laughs> I want to explore yeah. a world. I'll play Skyrim. Todd Howard. Uh, but right. yeah, if you guys are excited about Shadowbringers and you th- and you think YouTube's crazy, you should leave a um, a iTunes review and follow us on everything but YouTube because I even if we were mo- able to be monetized, it just demonetizes because we swear like sailors. No, I'm just kidding. But also, uh, leave us a comment and an upvote or a downvote on YouTube because apparently that's how people get seen now on YouTube. To do that, do all of that. Do it. Get it done. Do it. Even downvote us. Do that too. Leave us a nasty comment. It's all engagement. They don't care. Bye. Bye.